free drop here, no doubt. Yeah, free drop. Whoa, that thing came out sideways. Drove it into the penalty area. Whoa, yeah. Oh, that was a shank. It's hard to believe watching this. Made an unbelievable bogey in the drop zone. Hello, folks. It is your second drop zone episode of the week. It is Sean Zock and Dylan DeChair on a Tuesday afternoon. And gosh, we just put out an episode a couple days ago, Dylan. Why are we back? Can you believe people do this like every single day? Like people do it (laughs) three times a week. Some people do it. I remember they used to talk about that on uh, Van Pelt's radio show. Be like, everyone thinks they can do this job. Everyone (laughs) thinks they can do it. But like, oh yeah, buddy, how about in the C block on day four? How about on, you know, Wednesday after the weekend? What are you talking about in the third hour? Um, our job to be clear is not that it's very easy. So doing a second podcast seems extremely easy, especially Sean this week when we are just doing something very fun, which is ranking the very best men's golfers in the world. How are we doing it? Uh, we're doing it together in a kind of blind way where I'm doing the evens and you are doing the odds. And if I choose a player to be the 26th ranked player in the world, and he's 23rd for you. Sorry, you're going to have to fill it in with a new guy at number 23. He's locked in at the 26th spot. We're going to count down the top 30 from 30 to 1. We're really just doing this in honor of John Rahm and the upheaval uh, and bad headlines that have surrounded the official world golf ranking. This is the official drop zone golf ranking. Top 30 men's golfers on the planet. I've got 30. And I don't think you're going to like number 30. Oh, man. Where are you going? Number 30. Number 30 is Keegan Bradley. Oh, come on. Number 30 <laughs> in the drop zone world ranking already undervaluing uh, sh- one of the great American golfer. Uh, we should we should make clear that these rankings are not completely arbitrary. There's a lot of science and math that's going into them. A lot of balancing the current world golf ranking, how we feel about players. Basically, Dylan said, if you were to start a random golf tournament somewhere in the United States, uh, somewhere across the world, and you don't know what the field is, you got to choose one person you think is going to play well, that's going to perform the best. That's who's on this ranking. (laughs) So Keegan's number 30, mostly because he has... He has some incredible variants. Like what we saw this weekend is peak Keegan, which is ball striking his pants off, being a phenomenal driver, avoiding the rough, hitting the green, making birdies, having variants with his putter, right? He's not he's not a good putter. But on some days he really is. And those are the days that he flies up the leaderboard because of what he's got in the rest of his game. Um, just kind of looking at his 2022 that's what he's shown for the last 12 months. He's capable of like really, really big things, which gets you on our, our big board. He's number 30. It's a shame that the that our drop zone rankings are already suspect <laughs> after just one player. Uh, anyone who read my intensive breakdown of Keegan Bradley's putting statistics year over year would see that he's clearly trending up. Anyway. Um, wait, wait, wait. Where did you, where did you have him? Uh, I had him in the 20 spot. <laughs> okay. So full, I was worried. I was really full, worried. Full 10 player Delta. But no, he was not in my top 10 yet. <laughs> Maybe we'll revisit later in the year. Um, 
someone that I, this is one of my trickiest people to rank. Uh, you know what? No, we're going to, we're going to save him for a second. Making some adjustments in real time already. I've got Adam Scott in here. And oh, this is, this is a not. guy who, if I, I understand why you could leave him off this list, but um, counting on a couple X factor things, one is just like, he just seems like he's keyed in on this year. He seems like he has put a lot of effort into dialing it up for the big events this year. He's been a very solid player. Uh, he hasn't been that good since COVID, like just hasn't been that consistent, but I am, this is just, this is just gut instinct. And for most of the rest of the stuff, I put a little bit more uh, data analysis into it. But Scott was, you know, reaching a little further down the list, specifically Adam Scott with Steve Williams on the bag. I'm counting mm. on some of that special magic. And I wanted to make sure he was somewhere in this list. So I've got Adam Scott at number 29. I'm already worried about our formatting here because uh, I did not have Scotty in my top 30. So this that is means- the problem. So we're going to leave out like a top <laughs> 10 player, aren't we? No, 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 no. We'll, 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 we'll correct. Uh, and you know, what we're going to leave out is probably like a, the 18th best player. We'll have some honorable mentions at the end and you know, maybe Jordan Spieth just like won't be involved. Um, number 28 for me is, it feels like a little bit of a reach, but it's a player I like a lot. Tommy Fleetwood. Mm. Now, Tommy is a very important player like i think his importance maybe in the world of golf right now is is greater than his his rank um he's so solid like i think if you asked me for a player who's going to finish 19th and like do it like seven different times in the next two months i'd be like tommy fleawood can do that for you he doesn't miss a lot of cuts uh tommy's your guy and he's important like i said because he is he's included in like the core seven that team Europe is building its Ryder cup future around like Rory and Rom have all mentioned the seven it's Rory, Rom, Victor, Fitz, Shane Lowry, Tyrrell Hatton, and Tommy Fleetwood. He's in the core seven moving forward. And I think he's played like it. Like I think he earns his way onto that team. Um, and I think he's capable of being a top 15 player, but he's not right now. He's also capable of being like the 45th best player in the world. And he's also not that right now. So he feels squarely perfectly at 28 for me. And I'm guessing he was not on your list. No, he was actually. This is good synergy for us. Let's see. I only I had a, had him a couple spots higher actually um, because he has been good. And he really got off to – well, he really finished the year on a pretty – uh, high note, he finished fourth at the CJ Cup. He won the Ned Bank Golf Challenge. He finished fifth at the DP World Tour Championship. So he was like showing some form, looked like he was comfortable back in that European circuit. So no, I actually like Tommy in that position. I think good. he's primed for like a good year. Like, oh yeah, last year he was really encouraging in that uh, in that linksy swing where he was back-to-back T4s at the Scottish Open and then the Open Championship. So Mm-hmm. I don't know. It was weird because he lost his card, but he never really fully fell off his game. Um, it's just time for him to win a PGA Tour event. That's really all it is. Next, Sean. All right, so now what? Well, I'm on to 27 here. Yes, 27. Brooks Kepka. Oh, shit. It's going to be interesting to see how we grade A, the live guys, and B, the injured guys, and Brooks is both. Um, I think that... he's not. A, he's not in my top 30. He's not in your top 30. I mean, 
look, if you're, if you're picking a guy in a random event, and that's essentially like how we're doing this, if we're dropping in and say we drop into the US Open and I've had a chance to pick 30 different guys and Brooks Kepka isn't one of them, I'm going to feel pretty silly all of a sudden when we get there. Yeah. Um, yep. So this is really just more of a legacy play. Brooks has not been good since, I don't know, basically Phoenix last year um, was the last time he really looked like he had some some mojo. Um, he's been injured. He went to live. He then found some form and won, what, he won Live Jetta? Not fully up on that, but he won yes, a live event. Yes, live Jetta. And that was a sign of him getting some mojo back. He said he's a little bit healthier after uh, a layoff. So I think Brooks belongs somewhere in there just because we we can kind of forget that he he is the he's the major killer of this generation. So he's got to oh, yeah. be in there somewhere. Yeah, but like, has the generation moved on? Is really the question at this point. Well, the last time he was the major killer was against Phil Mickelson at the PGA Championship, and even that felt like a kind of a surprise because. Brooks did nothing in 2020, and that was his his only real spurt in 2021. Um, there's only four majors a year. It's kind of tough to do it every single one of them. But I I don't know, man. You know me. I'm generally a, a Brooks apologist, but yeah. not in this case. He's he's wow. he's broken. Uh, I think he's a little bit broken. It was um, only 2021 where he finished in the top six in three of the four majors. So. You're right. He just earned a little bit of leeway from me. <laughs> um, 26. I've got Hideki Matsuyama. Oh. Now, at any given point, I think Hideki's capable of being a top eight player in the world. Um, and we're maybe seeing him in a little bit of a valley right now. He's capable of winning a major. His talent is so it's so immense. Um his ball striking we don't we don't often like put his ball striking in the same class as morikawa or zalatoris or adam scott but it really it really is um and kind of like all those guys he's also just a i think his putting's worse like he's keegan bradley but a better ball striker and sometimes his putting's worse than keegan's mm. so yeah. he's kind of a weird person to slot because He's won a he's won a, a number of times on the PGA Tour. He's com- like you would not bat an eye if Hideki won an event this year, right? He wouldn't even. No, you'd be like, yeah. I mean, he's he got what? He was the owner of the the greatest golf shot on en route to victory at the Sony Open last year, right? Yeah, twelve months ago. So I've got him at twenty six. I think it makes sense because he feels like he needs to be involved, but doesn't feel like a top twenty player right now. I'm glad that you think it makes sense because <laughs> you picked it. Um, all right, I'll accept that. I'm gonna. Well, did you have him on your on your board? Oh, I did. Yeah, I had him a little bit higher. Um, okay, good. Somewhere we're gonna hit some people that I had lower that you had higher. I'm just not sure sure who they're gonna be, but I'm really curious to find out. Um, look, just another guy in this question mark zone. I'm I'm putting Bryson in this spot. Um, Bryson at number 25, he could, be, he could be undervalued. He could be overvalued. He's right in that zone where once again, if you, if we get to Oak Hill this year and Bryson's in contention, are you going to be truly shocked? Probably not. No. Um, very good at golf. I and I mean, he, he didn't play 
he didn't really play golf when he was on the PGA tour other than actually playing tournament golf. So the worry of, you know, some of these live guys, Oh, they might not play as much. They might be competitively rusty. I'm not sure that necessarily applies to Bryson. I think injury concerns are very real, uh, competing interests and being a YouTube star. That could be a, a real concern also. Um, but he actually seems like he maybe is playing more golf in practice because of the vlogs that he's doing than he was when he was playing on the PGA tour and like just hitting in a simulator and never practicing putting both of which seem to work remains a fascinating guy. And he is our yeah. 25th ranked golfer. I accept that only because gosh, it was a couple of weeks ago that on the bold predictions podcast, I thought it would be a bad year BAD for Augusta national. Yes. And that Bryson would put on a green jacket. I think, I think he has a, I think he comes back this year. Um, I think I might've taken the like rankings a little bit literal with like right now. And I don't, I don't see him, um, yeah. playing that level of golf right this second, but, um, we'll see it soon. Number 24 for me is Billy Horschel. Oh, I was <laughs> I wondering, I, I thought he might get snubbed. I thought he might get out in the squeeze here. Okay. Tell me about Billy. I don't feel Billy. great about it. <laughs> um, I don't feel great about it only because. When it was him and Max Homa paired up together at the President's Cup coming down the stretch, Max Homa was carrying that team. Billy Horschel has always wanted to be a fiery dude on these teams, and I just think we saw what he is. I don't think he's, I don't think he's an elite top fifteen player, um, and so that's why he has to be outside the top twenty for me. He's done some things though, in like stroke play events that like when you just when you put him on a resume, they, they do kind of pop. I mean, his performances at the match play, taking down Scotty Scheffler a couple of years ago, like they, they've almost improved as time's gone on. Um, his win at the Memorial over Aaron Wise is a massive, massive victory. Yeah. And um, I think he, he makes sense because he's been in that Ryder Cup bubble boy zone for like the last like six years it seems um remember 2016 when ryan moore was taking over uh billy horschel and kevin kisner and others and then even the uh the Ryder cup before that when it was maybe supposed to be or no yeah maybe it was the Ryder cup before that it was supposed to be billy horschel and they had already selected the teams too far before then and then he mm. ran off with a couple of pre uh fedex cup victories yeah like that's what he's capable of which is really really good um but that's kind of his peak so he's not a top 15 guy for me his major record is uh i mean i don't i don't know what unkind word to choose um but not good <laughs> um and I think that Billy has a fascinating resume because he actually does have a bunch of flagship wins. You mentioned FedEx Cup playoff victory. He's won the Memorial. He's won a WGC at the match play. Uh, he's won the BMW PGA, which is, you know, arguably the biggest European tour event. Um, and now he's made a President's Cup team where he played well. Uh, he, yeah, I mean, I think that, I think you're right. He's kind of a, he's a bubble team on this list for sure. And you know, not off to a hot start this year. Didn't play well in Hawaii, um, but had a pretty good season last season. I think he's marginal. He was he was like right on my. I had him at, in the twenty nine slot, so he could have gone Ooh. either way here. Wow. So twenty four, I think is. Him. I think that's a nice ranking for Billy, um, but I'll allow it. Um, 
All right, now 23. Oh, this is we're where it's going to get squeeze. dicey. We're getting to the squeeze zone here. Um, Shane Lowry. That's what I had at 23. All right. Oh, yeah. Let's go. <laughs> um, Shane Lowry, man, he just switched caddies. I don't even know if he's announced his new caddy day. I was going to tell you on this podcast, you should write to him and tell him you're going to be in Phoenix and say, oh, Shano, shit. elevated event. You need an elevated Shano. caddy. Shano. <laughs> Shano, Shane. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's funny. I've started putting this new conspiracy theories started. I mean, I've had one section, but I, I'd like to think it's going to continue in my Monday finish, Monday column. And I, this is going to be my conspiracy theory for this week. This is a little sneak preview drops on listeners um, is that Shane had to fire his caddy because th- it was this rip in the universe where if you've seen <laughs> Shane's caddy, I've been saying for a little while that Sh- Shane's caddy is his future self. It's his, his himself from the Shane future. From the future. So it's kind of like a time turner thing where yeah, at some point they have to split up or else, you know, there's going to be serious trouble. Anyway, Shane's got to find uh he's got to find a little bit of form, but you know, he I mean, he's been good. You got to get a big win um here in the fall. He had a little bit of an uneven season. It was kind of weird that he missed the FedEx Cup playoffs, but he belongs on this list. So I feel good about him at 23. Yeah, he played the best golf of his life, I think what maybe the beginning of 2022 and then he faded out a little bit but he, he was definitely peaking there for a while my number billy 22. and uh oh i was just gonna say billy and shane you know you look at different inputs when you're looking at, at numbers for this they are both two guys whose uh world ranking is still probably quite a bit higher than their real-time ranking like they haven't been yeah. playing quite as well of late so you know if you look at someone like data golf they would rank shane or billy a little bit lower we're probably somewhere in the middle of those two. Yeah, good. Uh, number 22 for me is right now, Siwoo Kim. Oh, How do you feel whoa. Oh, <laughs> was not on my board. Um, oh, but- come on, man. This is the Siwoo era. He's just getting going. People forget he won the 20 or he won the, he won the players championship at 21 years old. That was a long time ago. That was a, was- that was a minute ago maybe 2017 or something like that. That is a very long time ago, but I think you have to be a special golfer to win that tournament at 21 years old against truly the best field in the world. And that's what he, I think is capable of, which to me means he's capable of winning a major championship. Now, like I think his attitude and maybe sometimes how he treats caddies and stuff has not been, uh, at the level of someone who could how he treats golf clubs yeah that too yeah um but that's what he's capable of the president's cup i think for a lot of fans was a siwoo uh coming out party right he took down justin thomas in the sunday singles um but it's i mean it's better than that he's won a couple other times in the pga tour he won recently so i'm in on siwoo right now it might be a little bit of a bloated rank but again, you would not bat an eye if he won another time this year. Like I, that's as a as a ball striker, uh, that's what he's capable of. And so my twenty two might be a little high for your taste, but I feel good about it right now. Yeah, look, I, I'm just sort of trying to do the math here and figure out who who I'm going to try <laughs> to leave TikTok. off the board as a result, um, and who that sure. would be fair to. Um, 
Get but get I Brian think Brian Harmon off your board. Get Saad Digala <sighs> off your board. I uh, I was standing behind the 18th green the other day, and Siwoo came by, coming off 18. He just made bogey, first bogey in like 14 holes or something. And someone was like, "Do you see Siwoo?" I was like, hey, "Well, yeah, I just saw he finished." They're like, "Oh, did you see that he was carrying his driver in two pieces as he came off the back of the green?" It's like, "Oh no, I didn't realize that." Uh, all right, that's our 22nd ranked king. Um, let's go next, Sean, to Tyrrell Hatton in the 21 oh, nice. slot. I had Tyrrell in the 20 spot. Okay, all right, we're we're kind of dialed in here. He's ranked 26th yeah. in the world, uh, has actually been on a good run of form, trending up, and uh, finished had a nice, nice finish to the year at the DP World Tour Championship, finished second, uh, racked up a bunch of top 10s, on the the European circuit. It's really honestly just a matter of him actually finally translating that to the same level of elite play on the PGA Tour because he's shown shown flashes of it. He hasn't played uh great at the majors. It feels like he belongs somewhere on this list and he did have a couple finally had a couple um top 15s in majors in 2022 at the PGA in the Open. Um but he's not yeah. capable of of winning a major, is he? He's capable of winning a major, I would say. It's just he doesn't. Which? He does not play well at Augusta. He does not like he. I don't know. I mean, he what? This was the year he what, he had the Grand Slam, right? He he criticized all four major championship yeah. setups. Yeah, no one else. <laughs> and it was maybe that, the man. greatest setup year in major history. Yeah, um, that's that's kind of my point. Is I he is obviously very talented. Uh, and capable of winning big events, he just feels incapable of handling uh, big moments at tough courses, and that's where the majors yeah. are. So it's funny. It's um, I mean, we both just watched this tennis doc on Netflix. Like, there's a streak of Nick Kyrgios in Tyrrell Hatton, or vice versa. <laughs> there is this like self-destructive tendency where he almost feels the most comfortable when. Yeah. he can be berating himself. So there's probably an element that I just don't fully understand of, of uh, Tyrrell getting in his own way. But the, the European Ryder Cup team is definitely counting on him, him to be a major factor. So hopefully he plays well this yeah. year. All right. Now I, I'm getting the same sense as you of a little diciness. I'm going to step back to my 21 and make him our 20. Okay. I've got Jordan Spieth. Ooh, okay. I had him a little bit higher. Yeah, that's understandable. He is capable of truly being the best player on the planet. We've seen it happen. Uh, He, it feels like he actually can win on any golf course in the world, right? Like last year, he won the RBC Heritage um, kind of out of nowhere uh, after Augusta and like dethroned Patrick Cantlay. Um, he's won in Texas. He's won in Georgia. He's won at Pebble. He's, he's just, he wins everywhere. Um, and that's why he needs to be involved, but it feels like he's settled into this, um, zone where he's not going to be perfect ever again. (laughs) Like we went through the doldrums of whatever 2019 was and also weirdness, I think in 2020 and even the beginning of 2021 when he was like, uh, he was shooting like to the top of the leaderboard through two rounds and then bombing out on Saturdays. So like 
that just feels like it's part of Spieth now. He's he's pretty errant with the driver, phenomenal ball striker and streaky putter. And with his like with his skill set, his golf IQ, his competitiveness, I think he will I think he'll always be like a top 25, top 30 player. But I think he has to he has to add something to become back in the top 10, and I'm not seeing it right now. I mean, you, you, have you said he's capable of anything. I had him at 15 just because if you, when it comes down to it, if you landed a tournament and you got a guy, he's got that guy factor. He's a dude. Um, so that kind of bumped him up, whatever you want to call that, the it factor. Um, but, yeah. you know, I'm not mad. I actually was kind of going down the list and for a while I actually forgot about Spieth, like where to <laughs> insert him and then was like, whoa, yeah, wait a minute. Exactly. And then had some some toggling to do to uh, end up inserting him a little bit higher up there. I am now in a pickle. There's three guys that I'm, that I'm looking at where I'm like, okay, if any of those three slipped all the way out, it would be problematic, but, but I could live with it. Number 19, Sean, it's going to be Sam Burns. Okay. See on your list. Yeah. Higher. He's not been very good recently. He's not been bad. He just has not been like he was high. He would have been high on this list if you'd done it, I guess, a little bit over a year ago. Um, But it was a little bit of feast or famine from Sam in 2022. And most of his best stuff came, you know, pre US Open. Uh, He had two wins. He won the Chuck Schwab. He won the Valspar. And after that, you know, he had a a top 10 at the CJ Cup, a couple top 20s. So it's been a little bit of meh from Sam Burns, but this is still a guy that you kind of expect is going to end up on the Ryder Cup. Uh, yeah, he's won. A, he's won a couple times, three yeah. times, right? Yeah, I think he has three. He has a couple Valspars, we're, and he's got the Charles we're Schwab. We're going to put people and, above him that have not won three times, and it's kind of just accepted that it's like, oh yeah, Burns and Scheffler. That's a that's a team, you know. Yeah. JT and Spieth, Cantlay and Xander, Burns and Scheffler. Those are like three. Three teams that feel like guarantees um, at the Ryder Cup. And Burns just hasn't actually quite been playing up to what we expect from him, but he definitely still belongs on this list. So I've got him at 19. I accept that. Uh, I think it's good. I had him at 16. So Okay. Um, Sammy Burns, 16. I'm going to bump up then um, from 19 on my board to 18, Joaquin Neiman. Okay. A noted live golfer was where was he on your board i had him at 20 on my board so i was okay, i good. was a little concerned yeah. if he was going to get squeezed all the way out no but no i think i, he's I think good. we're in the same he may be the best live golfer other than dj right i don't i don't think he's better than cam smith uh, yeah i, I don't know, think he's I'm probably either. higher <laughs> <laughs> he's been tearing up live is my only real point yes yes um yeah he might actually just get hot and and kind of outpace all the olds on that tour right he's 24 years old he's been around a very long time he won a pga tour event years and years ago in west virginia at a course that now he can go back and play on the live tour um but wako is insanely talented ball striker uh we saw what he can do when he becomes robotic at the genesis last year which is a massive event on a very good golf course um he basically ran away and hid for 63 holes or so um so that's what he's capable of we haven't really seen him contend in a major he can't 
be considered a top 15 player. I do think he's capable of being in the 10 to 12 range. I think he's capable of that. Uh, we haven't seen it quite yet, but he's very, very good. He's still very, very young. There are a lot of people older than him, <laughs> so he's going to be around a while. Yeah, I mean, if it weren't for the Genesis, you'd probably would look at him differently um, because that was such a statement win and the way he won it was so impressive. But he racked up a bunch of top 20s throughout the year, finished third at the Memorial, and then when he went to live, he finished in the top four in three of his four starts. So pretty clearly one of the top players um, on that circuit. So, yeah, I feel good about this. Um, all right, yeah. So he's number 18. <laughs> number 17, I'm going to throw the young king, Tom Kim. Hell yeah. You know where I had Tom Kim? Where? 17. Wow, let's go. There's a lot of synergy happening on this podcast. Um, this might not be as much of a disaster as I was afraid it would be. So look, Tom Kim, there's obviously a little bit of uncertainty built into uh, the forecast here. There's no question that his results have been incredible. Um, yes, he missed the cut at the Sony. He finally had a, a weird week on the greens. Uh, but in general, he has been a pretty straight hitting and uh, very accurate guy keeps the ball in front of him basically it's just crazy you know what that, that does for you what does that cashes do? checks it cashes checks cashes and it, it wins tournaments. he won yes. the Wyndham. he won the shriners he won a lot of hearts and minds at the uh, president's cup tom kim is an unlikely superstar in the year 2023 because you know this is when it's supposed to be Kyle Berkshire and the boys are taking over the PGA tour. You know, if, if the, if gaining distance was all the rage in 2020 and 2021 and 2022, maybe Tom Kim is the counterpoint to that does not hit it far. Yeah. Um, but hits it damn good. All right. We're on to what? 16, 16, 16 for slot? you. All right. The last one in the bottom half of the top 30, uh, this is where it, there's there's so many dudes that could go like in this slot and also be ranked like 11th, depending on how you feel about yep. them, how you how you like vitalize their past successes and whatnot. This is like um, the, this I'm is the upper middle class of um, <laughs> professional golf right now. And then in my mind, there's there's the, there's a couple kings. There's the oligarchy, and then there's like the elite. And then here we are in the upper middle class, and there are a bunch of dudes that could get flip-flopped around in this zone. So I'm excited yes. to see where we end up. Number 16, Cameron Young. Where is he Nailed for it. you? Adam 17. That's terrific. Yeah. Well, and I ended up putting Tom Kim 17. So really, we're we're dialed in. He Cameron Young scares me because he has basically been a top 10 player since the Masters. Um He's probably, you could count the number of bad rounds of golf that he's played on basically one hand since then. Um, and so not only has he been consistent, but like he has, he has the firepower to gain 2.2 strokes per round on the field, like over the course of two months. Um, he's just ranked 16th for me because he hasn't won a tournament. He's got zero victories. Dylan, I was at his last win. His last win wow. was on the Corn Wait, Ferry was Tour <laughs> about 20 miles north of Chicago in Evanston. Um, and that day he outdueled your boy Mito Pereira. Um, 
Cam Young is is for sure capable of being one of the ten best golfers on the planet. I think his ceiling is even maybe like in the five six range. I think he's capable of of that um, from the mean streets of the Bronx, as we all know. Um, he's very very good. People forget he almost won the PG, like he was contending at the PGA Championship in May. Um, so yeah, he he could be. He could be like a Brooks Light in some ways. Could you see that future for him? Yeah, I think that that's an interesting comparison. It's like when he's good, he's really good. Like he doesn't really he he doesn't finish T eight. He's either in the mix to win, or else he doesn't really even bother contending. And but unfortunately, in the mix to win has not turned into actually winning. But yeah, he's just been racking up seconds we'll and give thirds. Him some time. And uh, he definitely deserves the benefit of the doubt in terms of time. But yeah, I mean, well, I think he had seven or seven or eight top three finishes in 2022 mm-hmm. and didn't have any wins. So obviously has a ton of firepower um, around the green. He's he's good. He's not exceptional. But yeah, as as his game matures, he could definitely get even better. Cam Young, uh, I think he's in a good spot there. Number 15, Victor Hovland. Ooh, nice. I am actually a little bit surprised that Hovland is this low, just looking at the state of the world and where I thought Hovland yeah. would be like last year. Um, but this has just kind of been the reality. And Hovland has been steadily playing better and better. He played really well at the Hero. Um, he's been like consistent, a lot of top tens, a lot of top twenties, uh, just hasn't shown really that top level. And he didn't have a great, like heart of the season last year. There was a stretch from basically the masters through, uh, until the open where he finally played well, it was, and it was like the, the most important stretch of the season. So I'm still probably, I might be over factoring that stretch just because, you know, he had a, uh, missed cut at the U S open when people had high expectations and, and he didn't contend at the masters and he wasn't a factor at the PGA. But since, since he finished T four at the open, Hovland has been good. Um, he won the hero. So kudos there too. Yeah. He's, he's won a bunch. Um, but he just had an, he just had more off days. I think this past year, just days where it goes bad and the chipping's bad and you lose strokes rather than just like meet the field average. Uh, yeah. I had him at 14. So again, we're, we're really dialed right now. So 14 for me now that Victor is 15 is a guy. I have a feeling that you have higher. Um, 14 for me is Sung Jay, Sung JM. I had Sung Jay at 14. Hell yeah. We're absolutely dialed. Sung Jay is 14 because he is a robotic ball striking genius, plays a ton of golf, gets a ton of eight to 15 finishes. Uh, he does, he hasn't won that much, but this, like, you could basically call him Mr. FedEx Cup because he doesn't miss much cuts, racks up a ton of top tens, feels like he's capable of winning more, probably will win more eventually. This is just a consistency award, right? Like he's, he's always there. <laughs> he's always playing. He's always there. And I was actually curious. You I mean, you mentioned the FedEx cup thing. He lives right there. Like I'd be curious if I was looking at futures bets at Sungjae to win the FedEx cup. 
win that $18 million prize. Cause he yeah. might have a little bit of value because, you know, he's not quite so obvious, but look, man, he lives there. He plays, uh, East Lake when he's home. Like he, he is very aware that it's worth focusing on, on where the biggest prize is given out. So if you're, if you find those odds, I don't even know if they're available at the moment, but that'd be like, I'd be curious um, for Sung Jay to, to win that. Let's see. Um, all right. So he's 14. Is that right? Yep. Yep. All right. If he's 14, I'm going to put at 13, Will Zalatoris. All right. Possibly underrated here because uh, because he's been a little bit injured. So there's a there's a little question mark there that Will could easily uh, make this look undervalued. Um, basically, Zalatoris has just been quite good until the end of the season where he was more uneven. He had, he got his first win, but then he also seemed like he was uh, kind of battling when he pulled out at the BMW. Uh, and then he hasn't quite found his form yet this year. He, you know, finished 11th at the Century, T36 at the Amex, missed the cut this week at the Farmers. So, like, he hasn't gotten back yet to that elite form. But with Zelatoris, it's more, um, it's more like when we get to major season, Zelatoris is someone that we can kind of expect is going to contend. Uh, he contended at, did at what every major last year, three of the four majors, I guess. So. Yeah, he's a big game hunter. He was so good at the in the in the heart of last season, and then he got his first win. So this is really just re, this is really just injury concern and the fact that he's shaken off some rust that he's not higher. I had him at twelve. Uh, he is oddly like three strokes away from being number four on this list and being wow. the equivalent of Colin Morikawa, isn't he? Right? He is in a playoff at Southern Hills with Justin Thomas that JT played his ass off to get into. Yep. Um, he he was one stroke away from being in a playoff at Brookline off of a great winning putt by Matthew Fitzpatrick, winning you know up and down really from the bunker. Yeah. I think people are dealing with the visual shocks of his putting <laughs> and how it doesn't look good. But what if I told you that over the last 11 months, his putting has been slowly improving like constantly you you look at his strokes gain putting on it has a positive trajectory the angle is moving upward it's slow it's one of those things that doesn't move that quickly um and he but he's on it and so i think he's actually going to explode this year i think when we do this in 12 months i think zalatoris will be in our top six uh, but right now he's 13th for us his putting one notable thing about it i mean the masters the PGA and the U S open, he gained more than a shot on the field putting in each of those, like, and those were, I think those were his three best marks of 2022. Like he, for whatever reason, hopefully he can keep going back to that. Okay. It's a major. I'm going to putt well this week. Um, mm -hmm. <laughs> but that was definitely an interesting, uh, exception to his trend of, of mediocre putting was the big tournaments. Who's 12. Number 12 is the guy who beat him at Brookline. Matthew Fitzpatrick, U.S. Open champion. A guy who uh, is getting the most out of everything. Um, you know, I think the story's been told about his analytical approach to literally every single golf shot he's hit in the last decade. Um, he's hitting the ball further than he's ever hit it. He, 
I believe the the stat that Kyle Porter shared with us is that he has gained more strokes than the previous year. I think for the last seven years, like he's improved basically overall every single year of the last seven years, uh, year over year from the year prior, which is fantastic and has gotten him to this point where, yeah, you would maybe pick him to win or contend in a major. Um, I've only seen one year of it. And that's why he's not a top 10 player for me because it was only September of 2021 when he looked really bad at the Ryder Cup and looked like the 12th man out of 12 on the European team. Now, it might not have literally been the case, but he just didn't look good. And so to become a kind of world beater within a 10-month span was surprising and shocking. I just need to see two years of it before you're a top 10 player for me. Yeah, I had him a little bit higher. I had him inside my top 10, but I, I actually understand your, I feel better after your justification there. We do need, <laughs> we do need, um, I don't know, confirmation. We need validation this year from Matt Fitzpatrick and and hopefully we get it. All right, there's two guys that I'm kind of wavering back and forth between. <laughs> um, I think I'm going to go here with... <sighs> You and I are going to have different top tens. I, 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 we've really dialed in on the teens. I guarantee yeah. you, listeners, we are going to. All right. Well, now this ten. is where this is where, in my opinion, we've now made the switch. This is we're in the elite class here, um, and Fitz Kings. is maybe on the edge of it. These are yeah. these are the guys that are not. They're definitely not the best golfer in the world. They're not number one, but they are somewhere in. They're at the, the royal mix. table, or whatever. They're sitting at the head table. <laughs> the All right. Royal table. <sighs> Enough filibustering. Number 11. We just got to go next man up on the board here. Um, and it's it's Dustin Johnson. Oh. <laughs> I had him at seven. Yeah. He's been, I mean, he's been playing so well since he went to live. That's why I'm like in real time uncertain about this. It's all right. Like I'm almost willing to walk it back because I <laughs> I need more conviction on this. Walk it back if you want to. I'm not going to make the, the case for him though. This is your pick. Yeah, this is my pick. Um, <laughs> you know what? No, I can't do that. I can't do Dustin Johnson in this in this spot. He's just he's finishing the top two in like every live event. Um, look, it's Tony Finau. Tony Finau is oh my god, guy. it's even worse. Oh no, do you have him in the top five? Six. Yeah. God, see, this is a mess in here. Connor, okay. we're gonna need to we're gonna need to no, chop no, no, this no. part up. No, 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 no. This is good. This is where it was supposed to happen. Yeah. Why I mean why I've, is Tony I'm Fino filled with the eleventh best golfer in the world. I'm filled with mystery right now. And um no, Sean, I gotta stick with my original conviction. It's Dustin Johnson. He's played really, really well at live events. I, I can't go backwards once I've said it. This is like I took my hand off That's the okay. chess piece. Um, so my reasoning for DJ was basically this. When he committed to live, we just hadn't really seen that much from him. He hadn't really been playing that well. He he has now played really well within the friendly confines of live. And uh, yes, he came back and played well at the Open Championship as a live golfer, but I got to see more from him. I got to see that this is still the same DJ um, yeah. and that outside of this 
you know, three-day shotgun start competition, he can still bring it. And that's not to say he hasn't been playing good golf. Obviously, there's plenty of good golfers on Liv, and he's been beating a large percentage of them. He won at Liv Boston, uh, which was, you know, definitely one of the bigger stages that they set up. So he's going to be our 11th-ranked golfer, and he obviously has a high ceiling from that spot. But, hey, he's playing softball right now, right? That's what we last we've seen of DJ is playing is on the Gretzky softball team. Yeah. yeah. So I think your point is fine. I think DJ was not in a great spot when he committed to live, and um, that's what sucks I promise about to be Liv. less wishy washy like, <laughs> about my future when, picks here. But that's the thing is like if if uh, a tree falls in the forest and no one's there to see it happen, does it does it even happen? Like if Dustin Johnson balls out on live and it it's in Jeddah or Singapore yeah, and no one really pays attention, like does it matter for the greater scheme of pro golf and the drop zone rankings? The answer might be no. It's probably a T3, T2, win, T2, T15, T5. Those are his live results. That's pretty strong. Um, that's That's tough for me because I had DJ at seven. Yeah, and I really wanted to drop a hammer on you um, with someone I know that you'll rank pretty high, but I'm not going to do that yet. I'm just going to simply move DJ into the 11th slot and yep. move everyone else up forward. And so that means that number 10 in the world is Patrick Cantlay. Um, oh, I did wow. not. I did not rank Cantlay uh, or like write up any notes about him. I think we know who he is, man. He is a bit of an assassin. Um, and kind of only wins at tournaments where you, you just kind of got to make a lot of bogeys or birdies, excuse me. Like he's won on the FedEx cup tournaments a couple times when you have to like boat race Bryson to 26 under in Delaware. Um, I, he just, he doesn't do anything for me in the majors that is like, yeah, man, that's a top 10 player in the world. Uh, that's a top five player in the world. That's someone I want to bet on. Like when I look at the rest of my top 10, those are dudes I actually would place wagers on in majors. And are you betting on Cantlay to win the US Open or to win the PGA? Like who's doing that? That's if like you my have been, Well, I would say a lot of people probably have been betting on Cantlay to win majors and they have not been making money doing so. Uh, his record in the majors, even the year he won player of the year, was not good. Um, there's no question he's one of the most talented golfers in the world that he plays golf consistently among at, you know, at one of the highest levels in the world. But yeah, I think if, if you're, if you're bugaboo with Cantlay as the majors, I think that that is fair, even though he was on this podcast just a number of weeks ago and I had him higher. Yeah. We don't, Hey, just cause you come on the drop zone doesn't mean you get any special preference in the rankings. At least no. for me, you don't. Sure Maybe doesn't. And I, I where, where did you have him? That about you. Uh, I had him at six. All right. Well, you took my DJ. I took your Cantlay. Who's number 10? Um, that was or 10. No, I, I gave you 10. Who's number nine? We're into the number nine slot here. And uh, it's Tony Finau for me. And this is nine trending up. I mean, he's arguably the folks at Data Golf, I think, have him at number three right now. So he's, he's yeah. without question playing some of the best golf in the world. Um, again, it's just a, it's a question of, okay, is he going to, is he going to show up when it matters the most? And I hope that the answer is yes. This could be, 
you know, this is obviously a guy that you could see playing well at any of the majors. But look, even this year, he started playing elite golf uh, right in the heart of the season, but it didn't come at the biggest events. I mean, the his first start after the Masters, he finished T2. His last start before the U.S. Open, or yeah, in between the U.S. Open and the PGA, he finished T4 and he finished second. Uh, his first start after the Open Championship, he won and then he won again. Like his best... Sounds Tournaments like came golfer. jammed in between <laughs> the big events. So I loved what he did this week, shooting 64 on Saturday or on Friday to get in the mix, going to the final round. Didn't get it done. Uh, we just are, and I think everyone's rooting for it, but we just need big tone to, to take that last step. I had him at rebuttal. sixth. Sure. I had him at sixth only because uh, I want you to do a little exercise with me, Dylan. I want you to raise your hand, just one hand. Raise it up nice and nice and clear. How many fingers do you have on that hand? I got five hands, five yeah, fingers right. on this hand. So since- Can I put my hand down? You can put your hand down. All right. Yes. Since July started, Tony Finau has had only five rounds of- professional competitive golf that have been worse than average only five days did he sign his card and walk away and say yeah that that's worse than average for this dude out here this group out here and to me that's uh that's strokes gained adjusted but like doing it on the pj tour means um it's just strokes gained he he has been so consistently really really great it almost makes you wish he one more or he almost makes you expect him to have one more during this recent form uh stretch which is why data golf ranks him third overall uh behind only um the two guys who are winning everything so tony was sixth for me i am stunned that you didn't have him in the top eight but so it goes um, who is our top eight all right this is the one that might make you mad number eight for me is Max Homa. I've got him because, there also. Uh, well, I originally had him at number 10 until you took two of my top 10. <laughs> but um, as we've discussed most recently on just the last episode, he is just a smiling assassin, right? He is the, the, the really nice dude that everybody likes who is ready to take your tournament if you're going to give it to him. And um, Tony Finau gave him one at the Genesis a couple years ago and – yeah, he snatched it. Um, when I was writing down notes for this, <laughs> I made a, a very weird comparison in my mind. But Max Homa, to me, is like Pikachu. <laughs> Whoa. The Pokemon. Everyone's favorite Pokemon. Everybody loves Pikachu. Because Pikachu is cute and uh, cuddly and, uh, you know, Ash Ketchum's like best man or best Pokemon. But the second that you upset Pikachu or that you doubt Pikachu, the entire neighborhood is struck by lightning and everything (laughs) is smoking and everyone is stunned. Like what the hell just happened? That's what the farmers felt like to me. Like, like Max Homa just stunned everybody and everyone was looking around like, wait, you weren't supposed to win today. It was supposed to be Fina or Ram or Morikawa or even that guy, Sam Ryder, who had a four-shot lead. It wasn't supposed to be you, Max Homa, but everyone doubted him. And then, wham, Pikachu struck lightning. How do you feel about that comp? 
I just don't really, I don't really have the, like, <laughs> I don't have the context. I was never a, a big enough pokey guy to evaluate it, but I really, I kind of like where you're coming from. Uh, it, it definitely checks out the way you describe it. So <laughs> I think the listeners are going to have to give you some feedback on that one. Yeah. I mean, look, I try, I didn't want to be a total prisoner of the moment here. I think Max belonged somewhere in that eight to 11 spot. Um, there's definitely a Max Homa effect where uh, he is someone that so many people root for that when he wins the Farmers Insurance Open, it's a bigger deal than, you know, um, not to pick on the guy, but when Billy Horschel won the Memorial, that was not there was not as big a deal made of that because um, it was just a little bit harder to put in context. Max winning the Farmers was a great story, and he has been a great golfer and the fact that we are putting him as the eighth best golfer in the drop zone rankings is very, very high and represents something serious about where his game's at right now. Who's seven? <sighs> Justin Thomas. Oh my gosh. It's, it's the That's man, horrible. Justin Thomas. That's horrible. Um, look, it, it's just the facts. This is, this is where we're at right now. Um, JT finished third at the RBC Canadian Open. You remember that? It was before yes, the U.S. Behind, Open. Behind Finau and Rory, yeah. What What has he done since then? You elevate a great point there, Dylan. You know? And look, I was talking to Trevor Immelman the other day ahead of his, his CBS debut, and he said in his mind, Justin Thomas is the most complete golfer in the world. Mm-hmm. And I think he has that potential, um, but yeah, it just hasn't been there on the greens. He's really been struggling with his putter. I mean, I, yeah, I saw him come off the course the other day at the farmers and immediately go to putter tryouts. He'd been going to like an old mm-hmm. Scotty that he was hoping to find some magic at the, at the century. Um, JT's searching a little bit right now and I hope he finds it. But for me right now, even with a major last year, I just can't put him higher than seven. You know what's pretty crazy about that though is so he's played about ten tournaments since the Canadian Open that you yep. highlighted, and no, he hasn't really peaked in any of them. Uh, but he only missed one cut, like that. Yeah, that that tells you why he's a top ten player is because his floor is super duper high. We his bad has become really good, which is definitely. Yes. I mean, that's why he's number seven. This is yeah. just at and this point we're just you know you're you're picking flaws yeah. from. I don't know, an elite crew. Sure. Uh, let's move on then. I uh, JT was my third best player in the world. Oh wow! You, yeah, I I have hit had him so high because I think I I think I agree with Immelman. I think he is the most yeah. complete player. I think he works the ball both ways. And when you um, when you have him peaking, it is it's still a different brand of golf that um, maybe only a couple people can hang with. Um, it's actually super entertaining golf. So, uh, I I guess next on my board for the sixth slot would be Cameron Smith, um, which is higher than I anticipated. I had Cam at the nine hole um, because people people forget like Cam Cam balled out and won two absolute massive tournaments this year. He won three in twenty twenty two. 
but didn't really do anything afterward. <laughs> um, he won in live Chicago, which was great for him. Um, but didn't play very well in the other live events. We lose track of him. What have you done for me in January or December or November or October? He, he won the Aussie PGA. I should note. You know what? That's a great point. Anyway, but uh, yeah, I had him just so far down because uh, you can't be at this point. You can't be like a top four player and play on live golf. Um, that sounds like an ab- arbitrary thing because of course you can. You can ball out on live golf. Um, but the way that you will be tested, both your game, uh, the competition level, it's just not going to be as high. Now, I will be the first person to step back on this if Cam goes out and wins the Masters, right? He almost won the Masters last year. Yeah, He was the one pushing Scotty Scheffler. Um, but you have long talked about how errant he is off the tee and how his putter – bailed him out in certain spots in terms of actually winning tournaments. So I would say 2022 is on the positive end for him. Whereas, you know, very similar skill set doesn't get all those victories every single year. Um, and I don't think he's going to do that this year. So Cam, yeah, it's, I had him at eight and you had him at nine. Somehow we combined ended up with him at six. Um, (laughs) but I don't think it's actually a bad thing that he has slid up because he hasn't really done anything to, he hasn't done anything to show that he doesn't have it. I mean, he had a couple bad results in live events uh, to finish outside the top 40 in Bangkok. I mean, that's it, so it's, bad. <laughs> it's, it's not great playing from Cam there. But, you know, he won the Open. He finished in the top 20. And, well, I guess, it, yeah, again, a 20th at the Tour Championship is, is you know, nothing to write home about. But no, he's played really well. He won a major. He almost won the Masters. He won the players. Or he, he didn't almost win the Masters. But he finished t3 at the masters um he's been really good he he has to now prove it this year i guess again and cam smith sold really high he sold at his absolute peak to live uh which was probably great financially for him but you know it's it's it was a different story than a lot of these other live guys like dustin johnson was sort of on the on the backside of his career, I guess. Bryson and Brooks were both close to what had been their peaks, but they were at least on temporary declines. We'll see if they're long-term declines or not. Um, Cam Smith was just peaking when he left for live. So we'll see if that is an extended peak or whether we've seen the the very best of him. Number five, Colin Morikawa. Sanders you have him there? Get overrated so much. <laughs> well, he's in the top four. I'll tell you that much. Um, Colin Morikawa had the nerve, Sean, after what happened in Hawaii. He had the nerve to go get himself in contention again this week at the Farmers, uh, which good for him because it's it's important to get back on that horse. He's a very good golfer. He's won. He's, he's proved that he can do it in big moments. Um, he has been contending a bunch. His... I am high on him because I am a believer in Steven Sweeney, who is his new short game coach. And I think that he can get him simplifying some of these, uh, some of these thoughts on the green and around the green. I think we've already seen some of that in his first two tournaments of the year. So I'm expecting, uh, I'm expecting a solid year from Colin. I'm expecting a huge year from him. Uh, As evidenced by the most recent 
you know, January performances. But also, if we're talking about Justin Thomas's floor being almost all made cuts, like JT has a very high floor, I think Morikawa's floor is right there with JT's. Like last year, he struggled in his mind. He was still playing at a Jordan Spieth level across the board, strokes gained, during this year where he didn't feel comfortable. Uh, and I think that says it all. Like he was gaining the equivalent of about six strokes on average against PGA tour events per, per tournament. Right. That's, that's over four rounds, which just says like, Oh yeah, this guy is a cut above everyone else. I had him in the four slot. I'm comfortable with you having him in the five. Obviously what I'm not comfortable is that Xander is in the four slot for me, because I think, look, with all due respect to drop zone fan Xander Shoffley, I think he's just the, the eighth best golfer right now. Um, is that where you had him? On my list. Yeah, I had him eighth. Um, because because he hasn't, like, he feels like just, if, if Max Homa is Pikachu, then Xander is just a better version of Pikachu, which is, like, Raichu. I'm going to keep the Pokemon analogy going. He, he does everything great. <laughs> He does everything yeah. really, really well, but like it hasn't led to the top three, top two level ever. Um, and I can't dog him for it, but just recently it hasn't been as inspiring. Like his his Scottish Open win was pretty awesome. The yeah. win at Adair Manor was, you know, <laughs> was definitely something. <laughs> uh and his traveler's win was kind of sweet because you didn't necessarily expect it. It you know, uh, kind of came out of nowhere. But yeah, until it happens, it's time for him to win a a playoff event or a or a WGC or a players or a major. It's time for him to do one of those. He hasn't done it. Pressure's on. Pressure's still on. Number, still number four in the drops. Yeah, I mean, look, he's still number four. <laughs> he 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 finished t thirteen at the Farmers. That was his worst result in, in his last seven starts, I think. Um, so he's been good. I I mean, look, once you're in the fours in the, in the four spot, you've got to win big events to like live up to that. Yeah. So yeah, he's definitely got some high expectations. Um, I'm curious if you had this guy three. Or maybe no, you already said you had JT three. <laughs> we've Scotty ended up in with the five hole. <laughs> we've got Scotty Scheffler in the three slot. It's okay. He's the player of the year. Player of the year. I mean, yeah, the, this is this is just counting on Scotty to continue what he's been doing. And he's actually been playing uh like he's on the upswing again, I would say. Yeah. It seemed like he'd he'd topped out for a second after just that ridiculous run. Uh, and then almost winning the U.S. Open on top of it. But now he's been really good again. He played, he had a pretty solid fall. He he finished third in Mexico. He finished ninth in Houston. He finished second at the Hero. Um, and then he's had a couple good tournaments to start this year. So, yeah, yeah there's really good. <laughs> there's really no sign that, that Scotty was a flash in the pan. Obviously, he was overperforming anyone that wins four times in six starts is overperforming when that includes a WGC and a masters. Um, but there's just not a lot negative to say about Scotty. He didn't putt very well in the middle of last year. Um, 
So I get that's something to watch out for. If it's not going well, it's probably going to be because he's he's yeah. not putting very well. But who's to say? The only the only reason he's not number one or two is because the guys that are one or two have been balling out lately, and yes. we're recording this podcast and winning, in Jan- and literally in winning. J- yeah, January, February of twenty three, and not um, March, April of twenty two. So you know, if we recorded this in May of last year, he's number one. His last win came at the Masters. I mean, that's really what it is. Since then, he's finished second four different times. He's finished third two other different times. So yeah, and no one's no one no one would ever call that a drought. But no, the two dudes above him are balling out. <laughs> that's how it goes. All right, uh, well, which I feel great Sean, about. You're gonna have to you're gonna have to choose now. I have the number one pick, but you're actually the one that makes the decision here of who is yes. who's number one the and number, who's number two. The number Two player in the world right now is John Rahm. Mm. Um, do you agree with that? I've got him number two, but yeah, it's yeah, close. There's good. no doubt that it's close. <laughs> it's a that it could have swung right? even this weekend. Yeah, it, well, John Rahm, like we discussed uh, the other day, should, probably should have won that tournament. And like, take those two words "should have" as far as you want to. It's still a very hard thing to do. Um, but he was in position to be the lion who chases down the gazelle. This tournament's yours for the taking. Sam Ryder's not beating you. Uh, he backed up. He got frustrated. He got quick and didn't, I guess, capitalize on it. But if the tournament's played tomorrow, yeah, maybe he is number one on your choice list. Uh, he's he's peaking. He is absolutely playing the best golf or near the best golf of his life, which is higher than... I think actually every human not named Tiger Woods that currently plays in the PGA Tour. Um, his peak actually, according to Data Golf, is higher than Rory's. Um, it was, I think, a couple of years ago, right after the Torrey Pines. Yeah, US when he was Open. on that run where you know he, he effectively won the Memorial and then he did win the U.S. Open, he was the dude. Yeah, because he, he gained strokes in those three rounds of the Memorial and a lot more than the rest of the field and then had WD because of COVID. But yeah, I think he's number two for me just because Rory won uh, on Monday, right? Isn't that the the reasoning here? Rory won with what he thought was not his A game, right? He, he played a pretty solid field in Dubai with in his first start of the year. Like it felt like Rory just like rolled out of bed, grabbed a trophy, and that's almost more impressive than uh, Rom kind of being in form like he is. It's funny, and this is just like a dumb thing in my brain, where Rory's game seems somehow like less consistent than it actually is because, I guess because, like, I don't know what it is. I guess it's a holdover from Rory not being that good at his wedges, not being as tight, and then there's like some little hanging thing maybe of that shot he hit on the first tee at the Open in Portrush, but if you actually look at his results... If you just look at his at his results since the Masters, it's absurd. Um, yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's finished outside the top. He's finished inside the top four more often than not. Um, he's got what four wins since July uh, or since June, I guess. He's now won twice in his last three starts. Like he played really well in Europe. So yeah, he's just, he's the best golfer in the world right now. The only reason that it's a discussion is because John Rahm has now played ridiculously well, almost won three weeks in a row on the PGA tour. (laughs) These two are in a 
in a class of their own right now, which is pretty cool. Which is so cool. I just want to teleport into the second week of April, the, the first full week of April, right? I yes. want it to be the Masters tomorrow because uh, both those dudes don't have a green jacket. Um, they both need it in different ways. And I want a showdown, right? They played on different tours this past week. We'll get a showdown in Phoenix next week, which is great. John Rahm plays that course quite well. Rory doesn't play that course that often. Um, if Rory wins or beats Rom in Phoenix, that's pretty impressive. Uh, yeah. I'd be I'd be a little impressed or or surprised at that. Yeah, it, it, it the the truth is it could be either of these guys right now, which is great. It could and be either of these not, guys. Definitely yeah. not anyone else. It's definitely not anybody else. But the, you're right that they both they both kind of still need to keep playing well going into the season because a lot of their good golf has come in the off season here. Mm-hmm. Um, it has come. I mean, Rory won the tour championship, which was a big deal to end the season. But, but yeah, a lot of his best golf has now come like he won the back-to-back CJ cups with really strong fields, yeah. but not in the heart of major season by any means. Um, and he won the RBC when it was like a, a big live versus PGA tour week. And that was super cool. But again, he needs a major so bad. He wants it so bad. And he's now his his level of play is going to ultimately put more pressure on him to actually get it done at a major. And yeah, you got to hope for his sake that it would it would just be pretty poetic if he won this year's Masters. If he was ever going to do it, this would be the year. And you're right. I bet if he could fast forward right now to Augusta, he probably would also. Uh, he probably wants a couple more reps before then, if I had to guess. But He um, may. He did say I, he had his B stuff this week, but... It's still damn impressive. It's funny. No laying up makes the joke that John Rahm is the buoy. Uh, we we have two buoys right now. Like the whole idea is that you give them four rounds and they are going to float up to the top. You can try and punch them down with a bad second round or something, but they will rise up over the course of four rounds because they're just better than the rest of the field. Um, we've got two buoys. Dylan, I'm going to run down the ranking 30 through All one right. just to have Hit it me. in clarity for our listeners. Um, and feel free to just jump in with whatever one is the worst of the group. Number 30, Keegan Bradley. Number 29, Adam Scott. Number, <laughs> number 28, Tommy Fleetwood. Number 27, Brooks Kepka. 26, Hideki Matsuyama. 25, Bryson DeChambeau. 24, Billy Horschel. 23, Shane Lowry. 22, Siwoo Kim. 21, Tyrrell Hatton. 20, Jordan Spieth. He's a top 20 player on our book. Number awesome. 19, number 19, <laughs> Sam Burns. Number 18, Joaquin Neiman. This is where we really started to agree on everything. 17, young Tom Kim. 16, Cameron Young. Hasn't won on the PGA Tour. 15, Victor Hovland. 14, Sung J.M. 13, Will Zalatoris. 12, Matthew Fitzpatrick. Eleven. This is where we way- stopped agreeing on anything. Yeah. <laughs> Eleven. Way too low. Dustin Johnson. Ten. Patrick Cantlay. Fitz nine, was too low, t- also for the record. Okay. Well, so is Tony Finau at number nine. Number eight, Max Homa. Number seven, Justin Thomas. I feel bad for JT. Number six, Cam Smith. Number five, Colin Morikawa. Number four, fan of the show, Xander Shoffley. Number three, Scotty Scheffler. Can do no wrong except just be better than these guys. Number two, 
John Rahm, number one, Rory McIlroy. I just hope when Keegan gets his next win, he kind of shouts out that he he saw that he was number 30 on the drop zone world rankings, and that kind of spurred him on. I'm just glad that I included him. And <laughs> because if I include someone else, who knows if you you would have gotten really comfy with yeah. Keegan getting involved. You would have you would have forced him into like the 24 spot or even higher. Um, All right. I think a quick thing we need to do is uh who was your first guy out? Who got left off your list? Sath Thigala. Yep. He was first man um, out for me too. He's first. I had man him out. high. I had him. I had him twenty three. I had him twenty seven. Um, Jeez. And I think that was yeah. It's which is tough for him to be in both in our top twenty sevens and not crack top thirty. But the shuffling of the names got things a little difficult. Uh, the other two who I had in the top thirty that didn't get named, um, I feel okay with this guy not being on the list. Brian Harmon. He's just yep. played like. He's he's played the quietest great golf in 2022. Got nothing out of it, zero victories, was contending and finishing 12th like a ton. And then the other one, um we talked on the last episode Taylor Montgomery. I had him at 29 because he's he's, he's truly been a top 30 yep. player. Zero wins. Yeah, has been on the, And on then the there's a up. There's a couple of guys in the real nebulous zone. Abe Answer could definitely lay claim to being in the top 30. <laughs> Uh, and then for sure, Louie and Jason Kokrak and then even Mito, it's like, you know, where do you put these guys? Hard to say. How, how about, how about, how high would you rank Patrick Reed during a controversial tournament when he's Gosh. upset? So he's like a top 15 player at that point. You know what I was just looking back at today? Cause I started to go over this. Not just the fact that, yes, he won by five at Torrey Pines during that memorable drop incident, um, but also, okay, Costas called out Reed a few years ago, and that was when he won WGC Mexico. So that was another one. He almost won the Hero after all that craziness in the Waste Bunker incident. He boat raced CT Pan the day after Kessler Corain uh, shoved some guy at the president's cup. Reed came out and won the first six of the first seven holes birdied five of the first seven holes. And then, uh, all the way back to the 2011 NCAA championship when one of Patrick Reed's college teammates in an ESPN story called it the death of karma when Reed won the final match of the 2011 NCAA. So he was thriving in conflict on his college golf team. So, yeah, I, I mean, I'm sure we could dive irresponsibly into the psychology of that and, and what makes it that way. Uh, we won't, but I mean, tip of the cap to Reed for playing so well. Because I tweeted something out about this yesterday and everyone was like, oh yeah, no no kidding that he plays well when he cheats. And it's like, well, not he's not like gaining like 12 strokes a week on like improved lies, okay? Like I think we can separate those two things that, he, is. that he has made some potential missteps in uh, very high profile and, and almost obvious situations. And the fact that he actually doesn't really need to do that to contend because, you know, he clearly has enough game to, to play that well otherwise. Yeah. I love our list. I'm comfy with it. Uh, JT is better than seven, but I digress. Sahith um, has a rightful, he has a right to, to be upset. Yeah. And I yeah. think the committee will kind of look into that. I'm not sure there's anything we can do about it. 
Yeah, um, you could take Adam Scott out of there, but that's on you. You could take Adam Scott. I think you could still take Siwoo out of there, but you know, <laughs> we'll revisit this. We'll come back yeah, to we it. Will. It's a changing list. Maybe a year from now, maybe six months from now, definitely not next week. Uh, but let us know what you think on all of the social media platforms. This is the Drop Zone Top 30. See you next time.